Welcome to Financial Wellness at Work, the only podcast devoted to sharing the stories of everyday employees who have transformed their financial lives by giving financial coaching a try. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Financial Wellness at Work. I'm your host, Liz Davidson. I have back for the second time, Christina Keck, head of the retirement practice at Woodruff Sawyer. And we also have a Woodruff Sawyer employee, Tracy Allen, who is going to share her story. And it's a very interesting story with tons of takeaways. We have also Kevin Miller, who is Tracy's financial coach, or one of the financial coaches, because Tracy, I know you've called multiple times. And so we're really going to dive into Tracy's story and how she was able to go from where she was when she first made the phone call to where she is now. So Tracy, I'm going to turn it over to you to give a little bit, a little bit of your background and what prompted you to pick up the phone and call a financial coaching service. Okay, great. Well, I'm Tracy Allen. I'm a employee benefits consultant at Woodruff Sawyer and have been here 19 years and have had the pleasure of working with Christina and have been fortunate that Woodruff Sawyer offers the finesse coaching platform. And I've actually reached out multiple times in the last year or so. And I've talked to Kevin and another coach. But the main two things I've reached out to Kevin on were about a year ago, I was trying to decide about purchasing a new house and how that would work. And as we know, with the financial market and the housing market last year, it was a very crazy time. So happy to share more about that. And then also, I am really starting to think more about retirement plans and what that looks like for the future. And so I reached out to Kevin to get some advice because I wasn't sure if my investment allocations were appropriate given my goals. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like a couple of things. You know, you mentioned you were a benefits consultant. And since Wicker Sawyer has a program for its clients, a financial wellness program, do you think that made it easier or made financial coaching a little more top of mind? Because, you know, we do hear that it's hard often for people to make that first call because you are calling a stranger, essentially, right? So... Did that make it any easier, you think? Well, I think certainly Christina and our HR team have done a great job educating us on the tools and resources out there. And I, I'm not fully savvy on the retirement planning market. I mean, I have friends who buy and sell stock and they know how to do those things and that's not my sweet spot. So for me, just knowing we had that resource was comfortable to me and made me feel comfortable reaching out. Got it. Got it. And I think, you know, obviously positioning it as a benefit, Christine, I don't know if you want to share more about that, but this is not a hotline or a 1-800 number. It's a true benefit. And when it's positioned that way... Absolutely. And I think... I think what we struggle, not we, but the industry struggles with is we have a lot of people fighting for your attention, right, Tracy? So, you know, we had a retirement provider before. We have, you know, Empower Now is our new 401k provider. And 
I would love to hear what your thoughts were the difference between being able to call the financial coach versus some people say, well, we have a 401k provider. So that's the same thing. Oh, yeah. I think they're completely different because I feel like when I call a 401k provider, it's a lot more transactional, for lack of a better term. Like, can you change your funds from X to Y? What are the rules? And what I found was when I called Kevin, he really asked me a lot of questions about my lifestyle, where I was in my career. I'm a single mom. And so that's a part of my decision making process, making sure I'm supporting not only my retirement goals, but just planning for college and those types of things. And Kevin really honed in on what was important to me personally, so he could give me some advice. So it was really, I guess, a customized consulting call from my perspective. I think even the fact you you talk about calling Kevin, right? Like you know him by name and you have a relationship, right? That's not typically what you think of with a call center. <laughs> my mind goes to like New Delhi or something. <laughs> so back to the reason you called, and it sounds like both were connected to life events. It sounds like the buying a home and then making sure that you are on track for retirement. And both seem to be connected also to market conditions, right? Because it's so important to try to figure out how to best navigate, right? We can't control what the market's going to do, but we can take the right steps to maximize our chances of success, especially long-term. So would love to hear, you know, we have the origin story. Where are you now after having gone through the calls with Kevin and, you know, some of the other financial coaches? Well, on the house front, I was able to get into a house in a neighborhood that was beneficial. And the one thing I had talked to Kevin about was, how do I buy a house after selling mine, a market where you can't make an offer on a house that's contingent on the sale of your home? But I, probably like most people who are listening here, I'm not flush with cash. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make an offer on a house knowing that you know, my house has to sell first. But then also, here I am with a young daughter. I didn't want to sell my house and not have a place to live. So I actually consulted with Kevin and I asked about, okay, can I take a loan for my 401k plan? Can I pull some money out of my IRA? Which I am not a big fan of doing those kind of things. But after talking with him, I understood, okay, if I pay it back within a certain window... Once the sale on my home is complete, then I can pay it back and kind of be right where I started from a retirement plan perspective. So I was able to talk through that with Kevin and it worked out well. And now I'm in my new house. Awesome. I know you're curious about how things are just personally, not just the financial piece. It was helpful to my daughter because she was really able to get into a school that's benefiting her in middle school. So, you know, there were so many ways that it impacted our lives that were wonderful. So Kevin, I'd like to hear from your perspective. That's a lot to navigate, right? Because it sounds like you want a frenzied housing market. You can't do a contingent offer, but at the same time, you don't want to sell and then not, you know, have to scramble. I mean, that's how, and in one phone call, Kevin, you were able to <laughs> No, it was It was a couple of phone calls related to the house, right? So the first call, it was really more about 
selling and moving, right? Because that was really the main concern at the time, right? Was I have to sell, but if I wait to sell, I won't get a house and where are we going to live in the meantime? So that was the first call. And, you know, it was, it was not a short call, but it wasn't certainly the longest call. So she mentioned, I asked a lot of questions. One, that's what we do, but we sort of got it down to the focus of, well, let's cut to the chase, right? Eventually you start off with these big, big questions and you focus it down. And we just started to discuss different options for how to handle this really hot market at the time, you know, what she should be looking for. We talked about what I call the true cost of purchasing a home because there were things that Tracy hadn't thought about, not because she should think about them. That's what financial people do. But we talked about things. And I think that it just, it didn't make the decision necessarily easier, but it certainly, I think, I hope it's sort of set up for, it made it possible for her to find the answer, right? We can't give her the answer. We can't tell her, do this, do that, because we're not living in the circumstance. But I remember at the end of the call, Tracy told me I had never thought about it that way. That's more helpful than just telling me sell than buy. Right? So that was the first call. Then we had a second call, which was more about financing, right? It's now a case of, you know, she needed some assistance to get across the finish line, if you will. And so we talked about different ways. You know, we talked about what are the pros and cons of borrowing from the 401k and you can pay it back. And the interest rate was still, I think probably still is very reasonable. I think at the time it was like four and a half percent or something like that. She could get longer time to pay it back. We talked about, you know, certain things that Roth IRAs can do. And not to get too technical, we talked about things like the $10,000 penalty exemption. We talked about withdrawing contributions. We talked about the 60-day rule where you could sort of take the money out for 60 days. And as long as you put it back by day 59, no harm, no foul. Otherwise, you can't put it back in the Roth IRA. So, you know, so we talked about how to do it, what the tax consequences were. And again, I couldn't give her a step-by-step roadmap, but at least she knew where the curbs were on both sides of the street. For any financial goal or challenge is starting, you know, big picture and then kind of winnowing down into, you know, there's the key decisions all along the way. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm really ready, close to executing. And how do I optimize? Because it can make a big difference, right? In terms of taxes and so forth, where you take the money from and how you manage it. And that's not something like you said, that's not something any of us should know unless we're financial planners. We have too much to worry about. As it is. Well, Tracy doesn't give herself enough credit. I mean, she answered the questions thoughtfully. She had ideas of her own. And like I said, that's what you hope for as a planner is to get their thinking to where they're comfortable with it, right? I'm comfortable with the options that I have and the decision I'm going to make because we have no hope of making the decision for them. Got it. Got it. I know there was a a separate issue that you alluded to with related to retirement. Tracy, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what prompted you to seek guidance there and how that panned out? And I do want to add a disclaimer. All you can do as a person responsible for growing your own money or setting yourself up for success is the right thing for your situation based on general financial planning principles. No one can time the market and do that effectively over and over. So, 
I think there's a degree of luck to this story. <laughs> but serendipity. serendipity. But Tracy, with that, yeah, share with yeah. us. My dad has always told me in life, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. So in this instance, that might have been partially the case. But I had reached out to Kevin because I was starting to think about usually once a year, every couple of years, I think about, okay, am I invested appropriately in my allocations? And I wasn't sure based on the goals, how I was invested. And so I reached out to Kevin. And after having a great conversation with him, I found out my allocations were a bit risky, or not risky, but just too risky given my goals. He helped me walk through some options. And I actually, as a result of looking at my investment options and what was available, I was able to make a change to my allocations. And it was right before the market changed. (laughs) Not planned. Again, better to be lucky than good. Well, my dad says uh, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Good one. Yeah. Yes. So obviously, you know, Kevin did not have the inside scoop. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. You know, what was going to happen? It was lucky, but what you were doing in the process was adjusting something that wasn't necessarily right for you based on your goals and your risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. And that's how we all should be operating. And sometimes it can work the other way, right? Sometimes it could very easily have worked the other way. But when you're looking long term, you're always going to be better off making decisions based on a plan, based on a plan and based on what's right, you know, for your time horizon and risk tolerance, as opposed to going, let's try to figure out, you know, what the market's going to do next Tuesday. If you try to time the market, you are, you know, incurring a lot of costs along the way and you're not allowing the market to do what it does best, which is over the long term, it tends to perform relatively nicely. Mm-hmm. One of the best things you can do as an employee is kind of set it and forget it for a while, right? Until, but with revisiting at the appropriate times to make sure that you're not out of whack in your allocations. Kevin, I don't know if you have any additional guidance you would provide because I know a lot of people are going, what's going on now? What do I do? And again, we talked about, we did it at the home purchase, but we also talked about it here was you can't time the market. So let's come up with a plan that works. So the first thing we did on that call was we went through a risk worksheet and we answered all the questions and it's like, okay, you know, the risk worksheet gives us a sort of a, an area where we might want to look. Tracy then started to share some information with me and I was able to see and say, you know, you've got a lot more stock which is the riskier part of your investing than your risk tolerance would indicate. Let's talk about that. Why is it maybe right? Why is it maybe wrong? Not wrong in, you know, in the conclusive sense, but it just didn't fit with the answers that you gave. Are the answers, I say this to callers all a lot, and I remember saying this specifically, you got to be truthful with yourself so you can be truthful with me. And so let's make sure we got those answers the way we want them. And, and so we walked through a lot, frankly, you know, the different kinds of investments that she had. We poked around quite a bit in her account just so we could see what was there. I showed her how to actually do that so she can do it by herself in the future and not have to call and have me poke around for her again because that's just a pain for her, I'm sure. 
you know, so it was really, you know, we just picked up from risk. Right? What's the first thing you need to know about investing? What's my risk tolerance? What's the second thing? What is my time horizon? Does the risk tolerance make sense with that time horizon? Bam, we got that answer. Well, now let's go look and see where you are in comparison to that information. And, you know, it takes some time. I think you said something important, Kevin, when you talked about, and you're being very modest and self-effacing as you are, but when you talked about wanting to empower Tracy so that she could apply that same kind of methodology and not have to call in, have you poke around her accounts or however you (laughs) described it. But, you know, we get asked a lot, well, why don't you just tell people what to do? Like just, you know, give them the magic thing to invest in, right? And in addition to not being able to time the market, we don't give advice. The difference between advice and guidance is advice is dependency to some extent, you know, because you need to go to the advisor and find out what to do versus guidance, equipping someone to be able to make those decisions as they arise in the future, because now you know the best way to approach asset allocation, right? Right. From my perspective, it's really... I find it best if we're just working to give them confidence in their own decision making. I'm happy to have Tracy call me as many times as she wants, right? But some confidence in your own decision making is so much more valuable. Again, going right what you said, Liz, it, it's not advice. I didn't say buy A, sell B. It's, well, let's talk about what A and B mean because this is not a one and done forever kind of thing. The world's going to change, and I want you to have some confidence in what you're doing. Yeah, Tracy, what are your thoughts on that distinction? Well, yeah, I mean, investing itself is such a gray area. And I think having the conversation with Kevin and just being more informed has given me a lot more confidence. And I found just with life in general, the more information you have is empowering as opposed to. Having the unknown out there can make people feel stuck. So for me personally, it was very empowering and helps me feel, even though I'm not in control of the market and my financial results, I do feel more in control and empowered with my financial situation. Got it. Got it. So next time you will be doing this yourself when it comes to reviewing how you're allocated if she wants to. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I might just call that. <laughs> and that's perfectly reasonable. But yeah, now you've okay. got the confidence to know when it's time to call Kevin yeah, instead of just yeah. randomly calling Kevin. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I was thinking about that as we're here on this call. I mean, probably a good opportunity would be check in at the first of the year next year. And because otherwise it can be too frequent. As you said, Liz, you don't want to be in and out of the market. So I'll make a note in my calendar, maybe check in at the first of the year after we've seen these investment reallocations play out for a year. Got it. He becomes more of a thought partner at that point as opposed to, you know, going as deep because you've been through the process. Got it. Okay. Well, I want to kind of wrap this up with key takeaways. So starting, Tracy, with you, any advice you have for employees that may have kind of financial concerns, especially with the market we're in. Yeah, advice you have for them. Well, as I was thinking about this call today, I was reflecting on when I got my first job out of college. And I had a mentor who said, 
try to start saving early. And even if you can just put 1% away a paycheck, do that. And if you can maximize your employer match. So my advice would be for people just starting out, that would be it. And then also just have regular check-ins. Sometimes I've been better than that than other times in my life, but maybe once a year to have a check-in with financial finance if the company has that available or other advisors, just to make sure you're on track. Got it. Okay. So Kevin, what would be your advice? I know you said you had multiple chats today with people saying, you know, what do I invest in? (laughs) So what's your advice for navigating these challenging times? A couple of things, really. One, don't be afraid to call out and actually ask for the help, right? We joked a little about how do I invest, but a lot of people don't know how to just get started. So give us a call. We'll talk you through how to get it started. But I think one of the big takeaways for me, as it has been since I started with us, Liz, is that be consistent in the guidance that we're giving. It's what's your risk, what's your age, your time horizon, what's your thinking beyond just the risk. And I don't mean to be a robot, and I hope I never am, but that's when people ask me, how do I invest? That's what I tell them. That's what I've been telling them my whole life. That's financial finesse has re you know, reinforce that and, you know, don't time the market. So very short answer, call us and consistency will help. So there's that Warren Buffett quote, and you guys may be able to help me here. Be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And really what that means is trying to step away. And I think it's especially hard today with so much constant social media and just all of us on our cell phones getting barrage with information. But if you can take a step back and have perspective and say, look, this is long term, this goes up and down, I'm going to kind of remember the greatest investor of all time in my mind, what his advice is, and just stay focused on my goals. Because it's not a loss until until you sell, right? So it's a fool's errand to be obsessed with the the, the, the ups and downs. Christina, I know you had a question you wanted to ask. Yeah, Tracy, just thanks so much for taking the time and Kevin as well. And I'm just curious, in this, we were talking, we always talk before podcasts about where the markets are right now and financial stress and just, you know, what's going on right now all around us. And I would, from your perspective as an employee, thinking about you know, how Woodrow Sawyer takes care of you, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are because they do invest a lot of time and resources into platforms like this and all the other tools they give us as employees. Yeah, I mean, well, as an employee, I'm so grateful for the tool because I had we not had financial finesse available, I don't know if I would have made those decisions that I made. I probably would have had to do a lot of research on my own and I don't know if I'm educated enough to do that. So. For me, it was just a great resource. It was a no-brainer to call in for help and support. And that's what we want it to be for everyone, a no-brainer. A no-brainer. Same way you take care of your physical health and your mental health. And I think that we're accepting that. You have to take care of that. You have to take care of your financial health. It's a no-brainer. And I think I'm going to end on that. I think so. Thank you all. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Financial Wellness at Work podcast from Financial Finesse. 
Join us next time for more stories, inspiration, and tips on transforming your financial life and future.